All right, and we're back for another part train. We got Strat and I. Serm couldn't make it. What's going on, Strat? Not much. Uh, pretty excited about this one, if I'm honest. Yeah, I would say this interview and most amazing story we've ever uncovered on the part train. Yeah, apart from my legendary knockdown 300-yard eight irons, yeah, truly some fair. of the most inspirational stuff you'll hear here on the part train. So we had Oliver Horvitz. We've had him on... Uh, for your loyal listeners, we had him on over a year and a half ago. He was the New York Times bestselling author for An American Caddy at St. Andrews. Incredible book. Uh, he is a writer, filmmaker, and he's come out with a new story about Pratima Sherpa, who is the number one female golfer in Nepal. Who, by the way, Nepal is a country that has never had a pro female golfer. And that's her goal. And this story... Strat, let me put it into perspective because mm-hmm. I don't think we can overstate it enough. Yeah. She lives in a maintenance shed off the fourth green at Royal Nepal Golf Club. Okay. It's 200 square feet. They get the back half of the shed, her and her two parents. Her parents make $19 combined a month. And her dad cut her down a branch from the jungle. Mm-hmm. And she started learning how to hit golf balls with a stick. And three months later, won her first tournament after being given clubs by the golf course after they heard about her. And now she's won over 30 times. It's just an unbelievable story. Yeah, if you uh, if you came to me asking to greenlight this film, uh, I'd laugh you out of the building because I would say that it's complete bullshit. But it's not. It actually happened and is happening. And it's it, it really is unbelievable. As we, as we talked with Ollie, um, it just kind of got more and more incredible the more details that emerge about Pratima and her uh her unbelievable story so this is this is a cool listen yeah and Ali goes into she even got the chance to meet and have a lesson from Tiger 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 Uh, Woods y'all yeah I mean he taught her the stinger maybe I mean you'll just have to wait and and tune in but um this is an incredible interview it even ends uh, because of Ali's experience over in Scotland Uh, we pick his brain about Carnoustie since the Open Championship will be there later this summer uh, what he tells us some really interesting tidbits about Carnoustie, the comparisons of that and the rivalry between Carnoustie and St. Andrews, and then obviously the, the types of players we should watch out for. So, uh, yeah, this is a good one. Agreed. Enjoy. And we're back for another par train. We've got Oliver Horvitz on the line, writer, filmmaker, and caddy, written about golf, Sports Illustrated, Golf Digest, Golf World, the list goes on. Ali, this is your second time on the par train. Pleasure to have you. What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to uh, to talk about what we're talking about today. So we're talking about uh, Pratima Sherpa and the amazing story in the documentary that, that you helped produce. But before we dive in, tell us. You told us a little bit about the, the golf course in Nepal the last time you were on over a year and a half ago. And you said that there's monkeys on the course and a lot of times they'll actually steal the golf ball because they think it's an egg. I wanted to ask you, what's it like standing over a tee shop knowing a monkey could run by at any time and steal your ball? It's, uh, it's unlike any other course I've played. It's called Royal Nepal Golf Club. It's one of about six courses in Nepal. Um, there's only 700 golfers in Nepal for a country of 31 million people. And this one is sort of the gem. Um, oldest golf club in Nepal turned 100 last year. And yeah, there's hundreds of monkeys. And it is awesome. <laughs> I would love to play just for that. It's incredible. Although I could see it could be a little unnerving over the ball. It's uh, And it's got so much character, this course, as well. I mean, you're 
two of the holes, uh, the fifth and sixth hole, are on uh, the grounds of this huge temple that is alongside oh, next wow. door to the course. So you're literally playing on holy land for two of the holes. <laughs> wow. What's the, what's the, uh, just, what's the scoring uh, average on those? Well, you know, they're both par three, so very low. Okay. The, the whole the whole course is uh, it's nine holes. You play it twice, and uh, it's very frenetic because you just have people hitting at you uh, from like all angles. The driving range goes into the ninth fairway, um, and I remember uh, realizing pretty quickly that if a ball is coming at your head, uh, the person who hit who hit it would be will just say ball very casually um, <laughs> instead of four. <laughs> So it's <laughs> throughout the round, you uh, you really feel like it's target golf. Um, but the court, the course is fantastic, and it's it's really it's an experience unlike any other round I'd I'd ever had when we first were there in 2016. So Ali, you know that I'm a big fan of your writing. Your book, Caddy at St Andrews, is still one of my favorite books out there. So if you haven't read that, uh, a quick plug for your book. It's it's incredible. Basically, the blend of college and caddying at St Andrews. I don't know how you could get better than that, but. Um, <laughs> Your your recent Golf Digest article, if you guys want to check it out, just Google Pratima Sherpa Golf Digest. It'll pop right up. Um, I want to read a quote from it, and then I want you to tell me a bit more. So, quote, it's Saturday afternoon, Pratima's film festival premiere. Pratima's host family have flown in, so many others. This is what Pratima does. She connects people. She makes them feel happy. She radiates peace, innocence, hope. Um I'm not sure I've ever watched someone on screen that makes you feel so good and want to do good. So I wanted you to start with Pratima as a person because you obviously know her really well. Let's just start there and tell us about her as a person because it's a crazy backstory. And I think it's more than just a golf story. Sure. I mean, I, I met her in 2016. I was over in, in Nepal, as we mentioned before, and uh, there were two of my buddies, Miles Ashton and Vlad Weinstein. We were actually there to uh, uh, climb to Everest Base Camp. But then I was writing a piece for Lynx Magazine about all the golf courses in Nepal. And everyone at Rural Nepal was like, you have to meet this girl, Pratima. And she was 17 then. She was um, uh, and was and is living in a shed on the fourth hole of Royal Nepal Golf Club. And, oh, yeah, she's the number one female golfer in Nepal. So the day after we heard about her, I met her on the first tee of Royal Nepal. She comes up. She's wearing a, a nice golf shirt which I later found out was the nicer of the two golf shirts that she owned. And, um, you know, I caddied St. Andrews for 11 summers. It's how I get to know people is on a golf course. And I was like, you know what, let's go play. Let's just get away from everyone. I'll go caddy for you and let's go play nine holes. And so we do that. And, uh, instantly she blows me away with how, um, how awesome her swing is, how great her game is. She's really, really good. And we just go and we play. And, uh, it, it, for me, it was very, uh, it was very moving because I'm just looking at Pratima who is inspiring me every second that I'm getting to know her. And, uh, and I meet her parents in the shed and, and this shed, by the way, is like 200 square feet is their living area. She's still there. She's in the shed right this minute with her mom and dad. They both work at rural Nepal golf club. And Pratima was 11 years old when she was sort of discovered by one of the pros at rural Nepal and given lessons and the Nepal golf association heard about her and started supporting her with golf clubs. And, um, she played in tournaments. She started winning every tournament like they have. I think she's won something like 31 golf tournaments and you go into the shed and there's like no running water. There's like not electricity, but guess what? There's a trophy cabinet, like 
bursting with all trophies that she's won. <laughs> so Miles, Vlad, and I meet her, and we're like, oh, my God, this, is, this girl is special. So I wrote a Golf Digest piece about her and went on Golf Channel, spoke about her, and, and started a fundraiser with Miles and Vlad. And, uh, and through the fundraiser, um, we got a really cool uh, email from this nice family in California, the Montanos. And uh, th- they're also in the, you know, in the ESPN documentary. Montanos donated to the fundraiser. I basically just emailed uh, Tanya back, the mother, to say thank you. And she said, by the way, we would love to host Pratima in California if you can get her there. And I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. That would be really cool. Uh, the next thing you know, like two months later, it's all set up. Pratima gets her visa, gets on a plane for the first time in her life, and goes to California and, uh, and had two months of sun, training. She worked with Don Parsons, the number one. Uh, he's, he's like, in my book, one of the best teachers uh, in California. He's an amazing instructor. And, uh, and the whole thing has, uh, has sort of gone from there. It's really cool. That experience has to be crazy. I mean, like you said, first time on a plane, you know, first time leaving home. <laughs> what kind of, um, what kind of adjustment or how, how do you think that she handled that aspect? Cause I mean, she, yeah. as Evan mentioned, she seems so gracious and, and humble and, um, kind of accepting of, of all of the events that have unfolded, you know, like I wonder if things like that are, are, are difficult or if she just kind of goes with the flow. It's a great point. That's a really good question because she's, she's now 18. And, and I think about when I was 18, I went to university of St. Andrews for a year and that was a big deal. Just leaving New York and going to Scotland being away from my family for the first time. She lives in a shed guys and she gets on a plane and goes to America. And it's the first time she's left Nepal, obviously. And I I just can't believe how well she has handled the whole thing. It's the equivalent of like, let's say the three of us wanted to be professional mountain climbers. And everyone told us, if you want to be a professional mountain climber, you got to leave America, got to leave California, New York. You got to go to the Himalayas and climb every day in the Himalayas. You got to move to, say, uh, you know, Tibet or Nepal. It's a huge thing. Yeah. And she gets, to, she gets to California and she rides a bike for the first time. She goes in the ocean for the first time. She's eating ice cream <laughs> and she's winning golf tournaments on the junior tour in, in Ventura. I'm just like, how is, how is she handling this so maturely? But that's, that's Pratima. Every step of the way, she has been just inspiring, mature, heroic. It's been, it's been just like the coolest thing to watch. Like, oh my God, she, ma- she makes me so proud. <laughs> so in the documentary, it says that she won a tournament three months after she picked up the game of golf, which by the way, she picked up the game of golf by her dad going to the jungle and carving her a piece of of wood that kind of looked like the Happy Gilmore putter. In the uh... <laughs> yeah, he chopped he chopped down a, a branch from a tree uh, in Rome, Nepal, and made her made her a little you know a little club to to hit from. And then soon after, she was given real clubs by uh, the NGA, um, and uh, and she's had for the a long time the instruction of a very wonderful, very kindly pro named Sachin Batare, who's one of the pros at Royal Nepal. And he's, he's never charged her for her lessons. So she, her swing has gotten really good. You can see from the ESPN documentary, uh, just how good she's gotten. Um, and just, yeah, just to like to give the backstory on that, cause that's pretty cool as well. 
um, I was approached by an ESPN producer named Kristen Lapis, who had read the Golf Digest piece and heard about Pratima. And ESPN starts shooting uh, a documentary about her right around the time she's set to come over to California this past summer. And uh, so that's really cool. They start filming. Um, they're over there in California filming her. And the piece uh, got, got edited. Tom Rinaldi was the wonderful uh, reporter. And, uh, you know, you, you hear his voice in the piece. And uh, the, the film just came out uh, last month, and it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. And I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but we, uh, the, the coolest part about that was ESPN flew Pratima over to New York for the red carpet and for the premiere of Tribeca. Um, that was super cool. That's incredible. She might even have an accolade that Tiger doesn't to win a tournament three months after she starts picking up the game of golf. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly at the Tribeca <laughs> Film Festival. It, it's kind of mentioned in the documentary. Um and, you know, forgive my ignorance here, but there's chatter about how difficult it is for her as a woman, uh, and especially in a country where the, the, you know, the demarcation between those who have and those who don't have is, is pretty stark. What kind of challenges, yeah. if any, have arisen uh, with her being a poor female and trying to, you know, battle into this sport that is so dominated by rich men. Is that something that she's yeah. had to deal with or, or has there been support to kind of help her get over those barriers? Well, let's just say there's never been a female golf professional in the history of Nepal. Never. Wow. Ever. And she is trying to literally make history in her country. You know, if she succeeds, she's the first ever female golf pro in Nepal. So, I mean, just right there, that's staggering, right? So she, I'm sure she feels it, you know, she's playing, uh, at rural Nepal and people are watching through the fence, um, at her playing and they're watching because they're shocked to see a woman playing golf. That's just, it doesn't really happen that much. I mean, sure there's women golfers, but what she's doing is, is certainly remarkable for this country. Um, and what's really, what's kind of also really cool is that when she's playing, she's watched by all of the, uh, the people who work at the golf course, all the people that are tending the greens that are, um, they're the workers there who are coworkers of her parents. And so, you know, that's another thing I noticed while we're, while I'm catting for, her and she's playing is all of the women tending the greens in these beautiful flowing orange and red saris are, are looking on proudly because she's one of them. That's awesome. She's doing it. And, you know, it's, it's a movie. It's, it's just like a movie. She's yeah. every, you know, it's like every sort of, you know, every sort of barrier that the game of golf historically has presented for those without privilege um, is being, in a sense, it's being just overcome by Pratima um, whenever she tees it up. It's, it's super cool. So tell us about her meeting. I know you cover this in the Golf Digest article, but maybe take us sure. behind the scenes she got to meet her hero, Tiger Woods, I think the next yeah. day or before the, the film festival, right? Take us through that experience. So Tiger Woods is her hero. That's her hero. She, Same. You know, is, I mean, <laughs> how cool is that, that 8,000 miles away from America? I'm, incre yeah, I'm incredibly jealous. Yeah. Right. So, you know, someone who lives in a shed in Nepal is, ne is never going to meet Tiger Woods. That's just not going to happen, right? Like, that's, that's her hero. She'll get to maybe see him playing on TV when she gets access to watching a tournament, you know, but that's as far as it's going to go. Right. So last year, Tiger wrote her a letter. 
Um, he heard about her through, through reading the Golf Digest article. Um, uh, a member who, of the uh, sort of a donor of the Tiger Woods Foundation told him about her. Um, I was able to go down and speak to um, Rick Singer, who's, uh, who heads up the Tiger Woods Foundation. And Tiger Woods heard about her and was like blown away. He was so impressed. And he wrote her this awesome letter. And guess what? The letter's framed and in her shed. Like <laughs> it's her, you know, it's like a family heirloom now. So that was last year. And so this year she flies in for the Tribeca Film Festival. She's at, like, you know, on the red carpet. It's as cool as you can imagine it is. It's just such an amazing moment. And then one of the guys who was watching um, at the at the premiere was a friend of mine, this guy, David Fontanella, who is, again, a, a, a supporter of the Tiger Woods Foundation. And he comes out of the screening. And he's like, Oliver, I just thought of this. I'm going down to Tiger's Foundation event in two days in, in Jupiter at the Medalist. We need to get Pratima there. Uh, and I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. And David makes some calls and he called, um, Rick Singer called Glenn Greenspan called Tiger's team. And they asked Tiger and Tiger said, hell yes. And two days later, Pratima was flown down by David. He covered the whole thing. She's down in Jupiter. I was down 10 feet away from her and she meets Tiger Woods. <laughs> and I'll never forget that moment because she's standing there. She's like, her heart is about to explode out of her body. She's so nervous. We're just waiting, waiting, waiting. A cart pulls up. It's Tiger. And the first thing he says, and I will literally always remember this, he goes, Pratima! And she goes, hi, Tiger. And they do this huge hug. And I'm just, like, everybody is crying. Everybody around us who's watching it is crying because we're just thinking of how far this young lady has come. And it's all like this is literally the best moment of her life playing out 10 feet in front of us. It's happening. It's like it's like a Disney film, but it's actually real life. And she met Tiger. She had a lesson from him. I'm watching them at the driving range, just him and her like by themselves and they're hitting balls together. And, you know, and like at that point, guys, the narrative of, you know, of the young Nepali woman meeting her hero, that fades. And now it's two athletes just warming up together. Mm. Just two golfers who have overcome huge, huge odds, huge barriers by, you know, their race, their, you know, um, socioeconomic background. They're hitting balls together and they're just very pleased to be in each other's company. And that was like, that's an even cooler moment right there because I'm just like, yep, they're two golfers and they're both really, really good at what they do. That's so awesome. I, I, I mean, a lesson from Tiger is the dream. I have to ask, did he teach her the stinger? <laughs> <laughs> well, he hit the singer, stinger soon after because he did a clinic about 20 minutes later for, uh, for all the foundation people. And, you know, seeing Tiger up close, he's just, he's awesome. Like he is yeah. so back. The stinger was in full force. He's hitting these 80-yard hooks. He's uh, hitting these, these sky-high like flop shots. Uh, and then he turns to everyone and he goes, uh, hey, I've got a special guest who I want to come up and uh, meet you guys. Her name is Pratima Sherpa. And Pratima had no idea that she was even going to like hit balls in front of them. He brings <laughs> her up. She's wearing sandals because she didn't know she was going to you know, even hold a club. Tiger gives her his driver. She takes oh off God. her shoes, so she's swinging barefoot. And as she's warming up, Tiger is literally like, he's like her publicist. He's, tell, he's telling her, like, everyone, her backstory, <laughs> her playing resume. He used to play on the same uh, tour 
junior tour in California that she played on last summer. Jesus. And uh, she hit his driver, and she and she's over the ball with his driver. I'm thinking, if I were her, I would be literally whiffing. I'd be so nervous. You know what she did? She crushed both her drives. Oh, my God. Wow. That's unbelievable. It was so cool. It she needs so that cool. tour-level shaft, and, you know? And, here, and here's the deal. She does that. It's like, you know, it's just a dream. About an hour later, we're back on a plane. We're back to New York. It's the second showing of her of the film, the ESPN film at Tribeca. And the next morning, she's back on a flight to Kathmandu. And the next night after that, she's back in her shed. So Jesus. that in itself is wild. You know, she's just had this whirlwind week of Tribeca Film Festival, red carpet, meeting Tiger Woods. And then she's back in the shed. And I'm thinking, like, how can someone even handle that? Like, that is, it's so, it's just so different. I mean, you go from this, the highest of highs, and then you are back in your home, but you're back in, you know, a very different setup. So that's, that's the reality. She's still in the shed. All of this exposure, all this media attention, it's, it's wonderful, but she's still in the shed. So the, the journey of Pratima is just beginning and uh, it's been really fun to be, I get hopefully a little part in, in helping her get to uh, get to the next level in her career. So, Ali, I read that in your article from the red carpet of Tribeca, lesson from Tiger Woods. How can someone then go back to the shed? And I was thinking to myself, how how does she go back to the shed? Like she could go, I'm sure, go back to her host family in California with all the media opportunities. Like how do, how do you think she does it? That's got to be such a crazy mental challenge. Here's the thing about Pratima. She, um, Nepal is the most important thing in her life. And her parents and her fa- and family are the most important thing, as it is in Nepal. Family is valued so, so highly. Um, it's wonderful. And her dreams are not just about herself. Her dreams are to inspire the next generation of golfers in Nepal, of female golfers in Nepal. Um, when you hear Pratima talk, she's not just talking about individual glory. She's talking about um, wanting to have a golf school later in life, wanting to uh, take other young women under her wing and inspire them. She understands um, the role that she's playing in um, in her country and that she's sort of an, I wouldn't say an icon because she's so modest, she would never think like that. But she understands that she's got this important place um, in sort of, in sort of uh, you know, well, here, here's a great example. What did she do when she met Tiger? She gave him a hat from Royal Nepal Golf Club. She told Tiger all about golf in Nepal. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, awesome. That's pretty big for an 18-year-old to have that, that you know, worldly view. Um, so, so that's why it's cool to be back in Nepal for her. You know, she doesn't think of it as like, oh, I'm back in the shed. That's, that's us. You know, and yeah. We understand the reality that it's a, it's a really tough circumstance. But you know what? It, it, when you guys watch the ESPN doc, she calls this shed, it's her lucky shed. It's her lucky home because it's allowed her to play golf just by being on the fourth hole of Royal Nepal golf club. It's off to, you know, it's off to the, the right-hand side of the fourth tee. That's the only reason she's able to play golf and not just play, but, but dominate. Um, so in some ways it is the lucky shed. It is the, her lucky home. Um, but the, now it's the big question of what comes next, because her dream is to become the first ever female golf pro in Nepal. And so what so what does that mean? That means she needs a ton of support. She needs the best equipment. I've always thought of it as Pratima, you're a competitive athlete. I want you to have 
every single element that basically the rich kids who you're competing against get to have. And so that means the best equipment, instruction, travel to tournaments, um, you know, entry fees, everything. So that's why we started the fundraiser, um, which is at teampratima.com. And it's basically a way for people who hear about her story to actually join Team Pratima and help her out. And it's covering every single um, component that any other aspiring pro golfer um, should have, in my opinion. Yeah, that was that's a perfect segue because my question was going to be knowing that Nepal is so important to her and that family is so important to her. What does that journey look like? Is she going to be entering, you know, tournaments in different countries? Is she going to be traveling around, you know, Asia, India? Like what what does that kind of that roadmap look like for her uh, to, to try to, sure. you know, achieve There's her goal? Nepali. Nepali Q School is um, is where you actually earn your tour card, and it's in September every year. And she actually played in it this past September, and um, it was really tough because monsoon season in Nepal, when it's torrential rain, is every summer. This past year, it was very late, and uh, the greens were incredibly, incredibly slow, and the course was wet, soaked. And guess where she'd just come from? She'd come from playing in Ventura, California on greens that are running 12 or 13 on the stint meter. And so, you know, the Q school was, it, it was its normal time, but it was just coming out of monsoon season. And uh, you got to get through Q school to become a pro in Nepal. And so what it is, it's, it's uh, 20, 25, 30 people playing in it, all men, apart from Pratima. And you got to shoot three rounds um, and come in the top five uh, to get your card. And she played in it last year. And um, as you'll see in the documentary, she did not qualify for it. Uh, she came really, really close. But on the greens, it was tough because she was used to, like, essentially, you know, the equivalent of Augusta greens. They were so fast compared to um, where Rural Nepal was at that early in the season. So it was tough for her. Um, but this, this, this next September coming up, um, I think she's got a really good chance of of, uh, of achieving this. And she's you said she's playing with all guys. There's no other women. There's no other women uh, competing in Q school. There are you know there are female uh, members of rural Nepal, and she does compete against them and and usually wins. Um, but in Nepali Q school, it was wild to see her. I was back there for Q school for the week. Uh, ESPN was shooting, and and you're looking at her getting her um, instructions the first day as uh, Deepak Acharya, who was um, helping to run the Q school tournament, um, was reading out the rules. I'm looking at this group of, uh, of all the competitors and there's Pratima and it's just all dudes around her. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, that's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, like you oh, said, yeah, you she's can't... on the men's tees too. She has to oh play off God. the men's tees in, in Q school. Yeah. So that's, that's totally weird. You know, it's like you, like you said, you, you really can't write this shit. Like it is, it is yeah. every come from behind sports movie you've ever heard. And it's happening in front of us in real life. And it's, it's unreal. It's, um, I, I just, I can't believe that she's doing so well in a field of all guys from the men's tees. Like that is phenomenal. I mean, does that, does that rattle her at all? Or is it just something where she's like, this is what I've got to do. I've got to play with these guys. I got to play. For I was basically kids. having, when I, I would watch her on the first day uh, of, of Q school last year. And I was basically having just a panic attack. Like, <laughs> I was just so worried. <laughs> and, uh, 
And same thing when she was playing at her tournaments uh, in Ventura, because I flew out there to check it out as well. And I was like, you know, I was basically like the soccer mom for her. I was like running water over. I was like, Pratima, keep drinking water. It's very hot. <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching her tee off in Q school, basically just not trying to like faint. And, uh, and she, again, crushed one down the middle to open up Q school. And I look over, I'm like, how the hell did you do that? That's insane. She yeah. crushed one like 240 down the middle. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, and, and she, you know, she wasn't nervous. She played tee to green. She was really good. It's just like everything was coming up short because the greens were super wet still. And she, you know, she was still thinking she was in Ventura. She, she just gotten back like a week before Q school. Hmm. So, so where does she go from here after, after Q school? If you get past it, um, you'll play tournaments on, there's a tour. Uh, in Nepal, they have, um, I think it's like 10 events, maybe just a few under that. Um, but she'll also play, like, hopefully she'll be playing in Southeast Asia. She'll be playing in tournaments in Vietnam and Thailand, um, maybe, uh, uh, tournaments in India. She actually just played in a tournament in Vietnam, the Nick Faldo Jr. Series, uh, which she qualified for. The finals were in Vietnam like two months ago and the NGA paid for her to go over and, uh, and she got to meet Nick Faldo and stuff as well. So that was really cool. So yeah, she'll be playing tournaments in Southeast Asia, I'm sure. And, um, but again, the first step is you got to get through Q school. That's, that's the first step in, uh, in Nepal to get your card. And, and that moment, you know, she wants to go beyond that, but that moment will, if she, when she, if, and when she does it, it's going to be literally historic for that country. So Ali, think back to the moment you first visited, right? You didn't even know about Pratima. And now think about winning a sports Emmy. Congrats, by the way, uh, on a Tom <laughs> Rinaldi narrated. Who I don't know if you could get a better voice than Tom Rinaldi. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Narrated documentary with ESPN. What have you learned from this story and this process? Well, I've learned a lot from Pratima, and uh, you know she's my hero now for sure. You know, I went to I went to Nepal initially. You know, we wanted to go climb to Everest Base Camp. That was our that was the reason we booked the trip initially. And then I found out there were golf courses there, and and got this Lynx magazine article commission. And and so it was so happenstance that we ended up there on the first tee at Royal Nepal, talking to Pratima. And I talked to Miles and Vlad, my buddies, who are a huge part of Team Pratima as well and the fundraiser and everything. And this is the same thing. We're like, we knocked on that shed door and you know, if we hadn't done that, it, her life would be different, but our lives would be different. And you know, through the, through the whole thing, it's taught me just how good you feel helping out a little bit. You know, it's like self selfishly. I, I do this because it makes me feel so good, you know, to, to help someone else out and to see Pratima and how far she's come it just makes you feel good and, and it takes a village and there's a whole group, you know, who have joined team Pratima to help her. And it's an entire community now who just loves Pratima and everyone, when we talk, it's just so fun because everyone is inspired by her. I mean, how about this? When, when the film festival selected the documentary, when Tribeca uh, selected it, a lot of Team Pratima members flew in from around the country to attend the screening. So people who had donated to the fundraiser, um, uh, a family uh, flew in. Mar- this guy Mark and his family flew in from Toronto for the for the premiere. This is just what Pratima does, and I I wrote about it in the Golf Digest piece. It's like 
whenever she goes somewhere, people just love her and people are so inspired by her and it just makes everybody happy. It's, it's the warmth of Pratima. It's the Nepali spirit. It's just, it's just really, really, really wonderful to, uh, to be a small part of. Like I said, and like you said, the story is unbelievable. The documentary is, is awesome. The article is incredible. Um, and I think it's just, it's also a really great example of what golf can be for so many different people. It's often, you know, we've talked about before in other episodes, it's viewed as this game for rich white guys, but the fact of the matter is it can appeal to such a wide array of people from all cuts of life. And it, this is, I mean, it couldn't be a more perfect example of the power of the game. Um, and speaking of the power of the game, we know that your lineage runs, runs deep in this game. Used to caddy at St. Andrews. You know, we've got the British Open coming up at Carnoustie. What, what can you tell us? What kind of insider tips, tricks, things that we should be looking for can you give us, you know, leading up into, uh, into the, to the big tournament? Sure. I love Carnoustie. I've caddied there in the Dunhill for Huey Lewis. Uh, and the news? Five or six years. Yeah, Huey Lewis and the news. Jesus. Poor Huey right now, actually. I don't know if you heard, but he's, he's fighting this, uh, this really uh, crazy inner ear thing, which is affecting his hearing and he actually has to he's had to take some time off from plot from touring and playing right now so Jesus. i'm sending him best wishes uh for recovery there um but he was a big golfer and i've caddied from a carnoustie and guys carnoustie which we call carnasty is a hell <laughs> of a golf course oh my god it's i'll, I'll put it this way it's it's the be- it's really year to year it's in the best condition of almost any course in scotland the greenkeeper there is fantastic um, and you know, the Dunhill's on three courses, it's Kings Barnes, Carnoustie and the old course. And the one that gets me the most nervous is Carnoustie for sure. Like I go there every, every year I'll go there. Like as soon as you can first see anything on the green, uh, when the, when the sun just comes up and I'll walk the course, um, to find out where the, the pins are and stuff. And you get the run outs, uh, in the practice rounds, Carnoustie, uh, the genius of that course is that for the amateurs, for the pros, whoever's playing it, you have to think on almost every single tee shot because bunkers come into play. The runouts are so perfect for both pros and amateurs, like in the Dunhill, that if you're not careful, if you go to sleep on any of the tee shots, you're just going to be in a bunker off the tee. Like there's, there's almost nothing where you're just like, okay, I'm going to bomb it out there, no problem. So off the tee, it's pretty penal. So Tiger, so, Stinger, Iron all day. Of course. You know, that's going to that's gonna work. Um it's uh, there's a lot of trouble around these greens. The, the the finishing three holes are insane. You have the 16th hole that that long par three that sometimes if the wind's into you got to hit driver sometimes, um, and then you have 17 and 18 which are total beasts. Oh my god, it's like the it's really the some of the hardest finishing three holes I've ever seen on any course. Um, you know there's a, there's a fair amount of rivalry between all the Caddyshacks in Scotland, and uh, certainly between Carnoustie and the old course. And apparently if American golfers are playing Carnoustie and they're like brutally overwhelmed and they ask their caddies like, man, when did the easy hole start? The caddies say when you get to St. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. But it's, uh, it's going to be great. I'm so pumped to be watching it this year. You know, so it's, what, uh, what it's kind always of, fun when it goes to Carnoustie. What kind of uh, player is going to do well there? 
You know, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be really like all types because it's a, it's going to be a fair amount of luck in terms of the weather, in terms of when you go out in the draw early or late. Um, we'll put we'll definitely play a difference. I always feel like on the first the first day of the Open, wherever it is in Scotland or in England, um, so so often the first round leader is someone you haven't heard of. Because then you look at their highlight reel for the day, and they've shot like six or seven under, and you see on the highlight thing they've had five bounces that were just out of control, where it hits a <laughs> hump and goes to like a foot away, <laughs> and then the second round magically doesn't happen for them. But uh, so it's a lot of luck involved, especially early in the uh, in the tournament. But you know, it's you got to be you got to be accurate and you got to be brave. You got to really be fearless. Sixth hole, Hogan's Alley is I think one of the scariest tee shots on that course besides perhaps the tee shot on 18, which is also freaking like terrifying. Six is called Hogan's alley. There's out of bounds left. There's a ton of bunkers down the middle and to the right. And you either play a kind of like wimp shot with a, with a hybrid or an iron down to the right, or you take out driver and you thread this needle of out of bounds and bunkers into like what seems like a 10 foot landing slot. Oh. And in the Dunhill anyway, that's when you see, that's when you see which pros are feeling good and which are like scared as hell. Is this the one where Hogan put like three shots in the exact same spot each time in that little tiny fairway? That's correct. Okay. And here's a little insider. I, I don't know what the hell this would be classified as, but <laughs> when you're on the old course on 16, if you turn around and look back down the 16th fairway, the way the course originally would be played in reverse, it looks exactly like a replica of Hogan's Alley, number six on, on Cardisti. Oh, it's kind right. of interesting. Oh, I don't like so that. Anybody playing the old course, if you want to see Hogan's Alley perfect replica, turn back from 16 green and look back. And between the principal's nose bunker and out of bounds on the left, you got yourself the St. Andrews version of uh, number six, Hogan's Alley. Hogan, it's a Hogan's Alley's backside. I like it. Love that. I birdied 16. Exactly. All right. So, <laughs> Ollie, we're going to get you out of here on this. I know we're out of time. Uh, what's next for you? You know, I uh, I got a couple things coming up, but basically I want to keep traveling. I want to keep finding stories like like Pratima, and uh, you know, for me, the the idea of going somewhere that's eight thousand miles away, and then having golf connect you to someone like Pratima and have something in common, is really really cool. And so you you guys know that I've done a bunch of stuff where uh, where I've gone and found golf in unexpected places, be it Iceland or uh, Saudi Arabia or the Australian Outback. And I want to do a lot more of that because that makes me, uh, that makes me really happy. So a lot more golf travels coming up in the future. Yeah. You just find a place for podcasters to join you and Strat and I will be right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Yeah. That sounds, definitely some travel buddies that sounds fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> I'm going to close with a quote from Pratima. Because I think we could all use a little perspective, you know, before we slam our driver into the tee box when we miss one right. She said, golf is my passion. Golf is my best friend. So I cannot lose. So on that note, thanks so much for coming on. Google Pratima Sherpa Golf Digest. You'll The article will pop right up. Uh, go to teampratima.com to donate and support her journey. I did it yesterday. Ali, you're right. It feels amazing to do it. And watch a mountain to climb ESPN documentary. It's fantastic. So, um, Ollie, enjoy um, enjoy the British, the Open Championship in a couple months. Yeah. And um, we'll be cheering for you and, and Pratima, as I'm sure more 
uh, exciting things are, are coming. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for helping to share the uh, the word of Pratima. It's really cool. Thanks, Ali. All right, take care.